1: Hi, I'm Amber and I'm Jessie and this is Glowing in Tech, powered by Coding Black Females. So today we are joined by the magnificent Dr. Anne-Marie Emaphadon. um Would you like to give us a little bit of an intro to you?
2: Oh yeah, sure. I'm Anne-Marie. I run STEMETs. I uh, I host a podcast called Women's Tech Charge I've just written a new book called She's in Control. Um, and I am a trustee at the Institute for the Future of Work. And there's lots of different things actually that I do. You may have also seen me on Channel Four as the doing the numbers on countdown as well. So yeah, lots of lots of hats.
1: Yes. You may have seen me doing other things as well. Yeah, we have. So it's not very much then. No. no. (laughs) It's a pretty pretty job. Great. Um, So would you be able to tell us a little bit about how you got into tech and like what motivated you to move into the technical space?
2: Sure. So tech has always been like a fascination or even I could say like a friend of mine. So from really, really young, um, I've always been fascinated by like how things work in the world, but even more so like the devices and the things around us, like how does the washing machine work? You know, and if I was going to scrub clothes, I would do this. I wouldn't like get it to like move around. Or you know, when I was younger, I remember being fascinated, and some people will know what I'm talking about, others won't, and um, by our VCR player at home. Mm. And this, we had this before Netflix, before Blu-ray, before you know, all of that kind of stuff, before DVDs. And then you'd have this like black cassette tape that you put into this big VCR player, and then Timon and Pumbaa would show up on the, yeah, on yeah. the TV, right? And I remember being like, "Where did Timon and Pumbaa come from? How did that happen? You take by the cassette." tape and if you're not looking closely enough obviously you don't see Timon and Pumba so I took about the VCR player and you know and then and you know almost took about the tv but by then my dad had clocked what I was onto. <laughs> and so I think for me tech has always been about understanding like how does that work and then beyond that what do we then do now that we know that that's how that works like now do I now that I know that you know that's how the tags in html work or now that yeah. I know that that's like what that principle is around cybersecurity? like what do we now do with that knowledge, knowing that it could be applied again and again and again and again and again, mm-hmm. so that was my journey into tech, and I didn't realize it then. That was like four in my like four years old, nine years old in my childhood, um, and I I loved it, right? I loved that. I loved maths because they're very logical. They're quite dependable as well. Like you know, switch it off, switch it back on again is a, is like a really good solution to most technical problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had this unique childhood where I did these exams really early, whether it was the maths and ICT at GCSE, which I did at 10, or the A-levels I then did at 11, going up to, I read maths and computer science, you know, to continue in that vein um, at Oxford as well for my master's and left by the time I was 20. So for me, going into technology was always something I was going to end up doing, but not something I knew the whole time was an option.
1: Mm -hmm. yeah so when
2: you're taking things apart you don't know that that's like a job that someone does and so that's been my journey into tech it's been intentionally technical or like technology focused yeah but not necessarily me knowing what the options were
3: yeah that makes sense something I'd love to know is you do a lot of work empowering a lot of women like as a girl and like growing up did you feel empowered in tech
2: space and who was empowering you in that avenue yeah so I felt empowered I felt empowered by the tech and this and this is something that I know that there's a lot that I do as the role model and Mr. Metz and with the book and everything. But I think, and there's like that adage, if you can't be it, you can't see it. Mm. But for me, I could see the tech, so I could be the tech if that mm. made sense. Mm. So I was empowered by the fact that, you know, you'd, I'd be on the web and you'd like view page source and you take those tags and you take marquee and then you put marquee on yours and you put your words and it'd be like, Amory loves East London, like scrolling across the screen. <laughs> and I loved it. I felt empowered by that because it, it didn't know that Amory was nine or 10 or 30 or 50. It just knew Amory said "Marky," Amory loves East London, close Marquee, and it just did what I asked it to do. Mm-hmm. So I think for me personally, I'm empowered by the tech, like what I'm able to do with it from its understanding. And the fact, like I said, that it's repeatable, so... You know, if it's building the website, if it's building a database, if it's, you know, putting out systems like we did at work, that's all happening now. And I'm here talking to you. Right. Mm. And so for me, I find that super empowering that the tech is, you you know, automation is a massive thing now. Right. There's all these things in my life that I've automated and it's like really empowering to be like, I trust that automation. (laughs) So if someone contacts me and is like, oh, this didn't happen. I'm like, well... There's a you and there's automation and what is the automation doing? So I think for me, that was what empowered me. But if I look back, I think the frustrating part about that is I didn't have a me to look at. I didn't have a me to see. And so if I need to name a human being, the human being would be Tim Berners-Lee. Sir Tim Berners-Lee, the guy who, you know, came up, co-invented, whatever, the web, um, and I remember being like, I'm British and he's British. She likes physics. I kind of like sciences. He's made this thing that's impacted so much of the world. I could make something that impacts so much of the world. And that was what I had.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But now in what I do, obviously I get to meet loads of women, lots of people mm-hmm. that are so inspiring. Some who are now dead, that it's kind of frustrating that we didn't know these stories when we were younger. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I remember the day I um, learned about Stephanie Shirley, who was a 1960s tech pioneer who um basically at that point as a woman if you gave birth it was like don't work again but she'd been a mathematician at the post office and she was like I can't sit at home and you know I'm with the kid but like I need to get something going in my head right so she started this um technology company basically of women at their kitchen tables in the 60s who'd code from their kitchen tables in this country in England and they post in and they did things like the flight receiver for Concorde. They did a lot of stock control systems. They did a lot of bus timetables. Time and people don't know this, right? When you hear 60s, you think Twiggy and miniskirts and shorts, <laughs> yeah. you know? And yeah. it's like, no, these women were literally, they were running the country wow. from home. So I think for me, that's the frustration I now have that there's so many stories that we should have heard that how much more empowered would I have been mm-hmm. if I'd heard of these people, if I'd seen them, whether it's the hidden figures that we've now seen in, in the film in, um, from NASA Like all these people we could have known, but I didn't have that. And I think there's something that, you know, I'm really fortunate I didn't have that. And I still ended up in tech, but can't everybody be like me, you know, just looking at the tech. Some people look outside and look into the world. And that's really what we need more of in technology.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
3: Absolutely. There are so many women who are in technical roles, but don't necessarily feel empowered. Do you have any advice that you'd give to them um, just how to navigate the world of technology, especially as we all know, it's a male dominated industry. Um, What would you say to them?
2: So my advice would be to them. I mean, they're already listening to the podcast, so they're probably, you know, on, on the right path. But my number one piece of advice is don't do things on your own. And I think that's why things like Coding Black Females, you know, all these groups that we now have are great because then with the lows, you can share the lows and compare notes with the highs. You can share notes and compare the highs And there's that safety that you end up feeling in numbers and power actually that you end up feeling in numbers when you are able to reach out and find your tribe. For STEMETs, we have this. So for under 25s, we've got the STEMET Society. So it's an online closed network where they can share maths jokes if they want to, or they can ask about, you know, how was that A-level maths paper? Or should I do further maths? Or, you know, I'm a historian and I want to get in the tech, you know, what's available. So I think having that community is really, really important. Having that network is really, really important. For like building your resilience, but I think the other piece of advice that I'd give is know what you're good at, mm. and it's a really it's not it's very easy to say, but it's not always the easiest thing to do. Yeah, um, I just came um from um a session I was doing with the team today on kind of confidence and actually being like, okay, cool, these are my strengths and keeping almost like a strengths list,
3: yeah,
2: or like an email folder of like all the times when someone said well done or that did well or you know keeping your own gratitude journal of things that have gone well and things that are working out, and I think if you're able to keep that and maintain it yourself and yeah, there'll be some external validation on it, but actually it's not about the outside, what was said outside. It was about things that you're able to objectively say, yeah, my, my query's bang or yeah, you know, <laughs> my like interface is sweet or, you know, whatever it would be. I think having that and being like, okay, this is what I know I know how to do. Yeah, This is what I knew I knew how to do last year. This is what I knew um, I knew how to do 10 years ago. So then as things are happening, you can add to that list or you can look back on that list and be like, okay, that person in this meeting made me feel like all I was saying about the database was nonsense. Meanwhile, I know, I know about query optimization. And so actually that's a him problem. And sometimes it is a him problem. Sometimes it's a her problem. That's her problem. That sounds like a you problem because I know, I know what I'm talking about. Mm. And there, there will be times when you will learn, right? So it's not that we all know everything and we, and you know, but it's, you know, know what you know so that, that no one can take that away from you. And I think that's definitely a privilege I have from the formative experience that I had with tech where I passed that GCSE at 10. So no one can take that away from me. The person that marked it didn't know I was 10 when they were marking it, right? So if, if anyone's ever like, oh, I'm raised this or she's a fake or she's, I was like, okay, cool. But I know I did that. So it, it feels like you think I'm a fake or it feels like, you're not okay with seeing a black woman on daytime TV doing mathematics rather than, I don't know, my 75 times yeah. table. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. No, that's really important. And I love the idea. Like we're big on keeping achievement trackers and making yeah. sure that you've got like a brag journal and something that you can fall back on because there can be times when society, work, your things that are outside your control can make you doubt yourself. Mm. So I think a question on that is like, you spoke about how you can try and keep track of the things you're good at. How do you investigate and find the things you're good at?
2: Oh, I didn't
1: think that's what the question was going to be. So how do you find what you're good at? I think, um,
2: I mean, as you do things, right? You, I th- so I, I actually see life as like periods. So every, like I, have a, I, have a, I live by my bullet journal. So I'm very analogue in that way. There's one thing in my life I'm analogue fact, My parents laughed when I was like, yeah, I'm doing this journaling thing. They're like, what, pen and paper? Anne-Marie, you've seen pen and paper before? <laughs> um, so I, I do, I'm very like, um, I have times, I have time periods. And it's a little bit like, I don't know, if you think of the agile sprints and stuff, like I think of things in cycles like that. So for me, whenever I make a mistake, whenever something goes wrong, whenever we get to the end of a period, I'm quite reflective to be like, okay, what did we do? Like what actually happened? What did I do? What happened? What went wrong? What went well? And you should be able to objectively be like, you know, I, we paid everybody last month, right. And we were able to pay everybody last month Mm -hmm. or we shipped that project and we were able to meet X out of Y of the requirements. And so I think it is that thing of look for those markers and have your own measures, like have things that, you know, you've done or you've achieved, Mm -hmm. Um, and if you don't know, ask your friends, ask other people, what's in your brand journal? What did you do? And you'll be like, oh, they did that. Oh, I also did that. Okay, let me, let me add that to my brand journal. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I know, it's a query database. So I think, I think there's that. I think the other thing is, if you give yourself those opportunities. So I talk about, I talk about this in the book as well, but I talk about it a lot. Experiments, like see things. There are lots of things that you should do that you're proactively doing it as an experiment.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Right? So experiment. I'm going to wear a purple top today. Let's see how it goes when I wear a purple top. Okay, cool. You go home next time, next episode. You're like, okay, I'm wearing yellow today. Let's see what it's like when I do yellow. And sometimes you have to set those things up and be like, okay, cool. So I know that that happened. I know that that went that way. So I think seeing things in terms of cycles and experiments, and taking the time to reflect, I think we need to be more reflective, like yeah. take time to pause and reflect. It's really important. Yeah, no,
3: know, I love that. I love the whole idea of experimentation because I think that sometimes it's so hard to show up as a beginner. Mm. Yeah. And like so publicly, like me and Jesse were speaking about when we first started this podcast, like we've never done this before. And like um, just showing that to the world, the fact that like, you know, sometimes the audio is wrong, the camera quality isn't great. And just seeing the fact that we're like iterating and changing constantly, mm-hmm. like, we were just so okay to even release that and show up that way because we knew that well this is how are we ever going to get good if we're exactly. if you don't start off bad I feel yeah. like one thing about being a high achiever you want to get really good straight away yeah. so it's like I want to do something once and just be immediately good at it or like do something three times like that's why with coding when I was just like darling tell me once how to do a loop I should be able to do it like <laughs> but it's something that you have to just keep going you back do. on and it's something that people can sometimes take for granted and mm-hmm. it can be like oh I'm not good at this but no it's just the reality is the fact that it's not as easy as we probably
2: want it to be, but yeah. also even the so-called experts, like there's a new version of Facebook every two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> do you know, like, do you understand? Facebook is fang. Facebook is the Facebook. Yeah, all of them are working on it globally. These are <laughs> thousands of people, and they have to put a new version every two weeks, yeah. guaranteed. <laughs> so who, like, what do you? Who do you? What do you think you are? Who do you think this is? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's so funny because we have that in tech, and you don't have that anywhere else. Mm-hmm. They don't do new, new laws every two weeks. mcdonald's don't do a new menu every two weeks wait i'm actually deeply i never thought about this (laughs) as well they don't even zara that puts out a new whatever doesn't do every two weeks Sheen might do it right so that's like (laughs) one place but no one there's not a thing in other sectors but for us of course we're constantly making mistakes we know that's why you have versioning Yeah. yeah yeah otherwise what's you know so i think that's the thing you have to Look around, look for the signs, look for the signals, look around you. Like there'll be a lot of people as well that you work with who pretend that they never make mistakes and you see their mistakes all the time. They just don't talk about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the other thing. Don't be intimidated by these people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But I think that's, that's why I wanted to ask the question about how to figure out what you're good at. Cause it's like just as much of a, of a drawback to see that it's constantly changing and how vast it is. Mm. That can be a barrier in and of itself because yeah. people are like, I don't know where to go. I don't know how to start. Yeah. Just, I can't see my place in this yet. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, it's 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 a really good perspective.
2: I so I touch on this a little bit in the book as well and it's this idea of growth mindset which mm-hmm. I think also can be really useful for people because when you when you're whatever you're learning there are some people that want to learn it and want to say that they're, they're the expert, right? And they get to the top and they get to the pinnacle. And nothing in life really is like that, right? You can learn about all the planets, and then you get to a point and Pluto's not a planet anymore. And then you know, like <laughs> that knowledge is now old. And with technology, it's even faster. So I talk about, and it's from somebody that Caroline Dweck, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. And this idea, of, yeah, <laughs> and this idea of like growth mindset, and it's like, look, you just want to know more now than you knew yesterday, just outside your comfort zone. Yeah. And I think if you, if you, and I talk about journaling and just documenting it, like it's really important for us as women as well to write our own narratives. Like this is the first time in such a long in history that we've been able to say, I'm going to write my own things. I'm going to store it. It's going to be on my server, my place, in my spot, you know, Mm -hmm. on my, you know, on my territory. And so I think if you do, if you are like, okay, this month just start writing. It doesn't matter that you know you're going to measure, but write this month and you'll be surprised by the end of next month, you can look back and be like, yeah, objectively, when I wrote that, that's what I thought that meant. And mm-hmm. now that I'm writing it again, that's what that meant. And it's really, you're not looking for big steps. You're just looking for some steps in that direction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just a couple of steps in that direction. And I think that's it. Like, don't start small. It doesn't have to be, I know loops or I know all <laughs> of Python or, you know, I know what backlog is. It can just be this month, you know, I logged on and I had a couple of Trello cards and I labeled them. And next month, you can be like, yeah, I've actually changed those labels and I've diversified how I'm doing this. So I think look for the small, like progress is in the small,
1: mm-hmm.
2: not in the big. Yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you don't want to be expert anyway, because like I said, it will, you know, we, we didn't learn English to be Jane Austen or William Shakespeare. We learned yeah. it to understand, right? And every day we learn a new piece of, well, not every day, but every now and then you learn a new bit of vocabulary, yeah, right? Yeah. So I mean, say, have the same approach across all kinds of things, especially your tech journey. Yeah.
3: And that's the end of part one of the Glowing in Tech podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. We're so excited for you to join us next week where you can hear about our guest's tech topic in 10 and also their controversial take of the tech industry, What's the Tech Tea? See you next week and be sure to follow us on socials at Glowing in Tech on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok. And also if you're listening on YouTube, be sure to like, comment and subscribe. If you're on Spotify, click on the bell so you can be notified every time time we release a new episode and if you're on apple podcasts please leave us a review we'd
0: love to hear your feedback and yeah see you next week everyone is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of americans are deficient in if you are a woman over 35 magnesium will help you rediscover balance energy and vitality